Welcome to LifePoint Church's podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope you are inspired by this message. LifePoint, you guys good? You look good. God bless you. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here. LifePoint, incredible privilege to serve you, and it's an exciting time kicking off a brand new series today, but before we get too excited about that, you can go ahead and turn in your Bible to the book of James. It's towards the back of your Bible. I think it's the eighth book from the end, Hebrews, James, 2 Peter, 1 2 3 John, Jude, and Revelation. So if you'll get to the book of James, we'll get there, and I'll tell you how the series is going to break down. Um, but how many of you are excited about what God is doing in your lives? Anybody excited about that? I'm excited about it. I'm actually thrilled. I'm watching the Lord just do some amazing things in your lives, and then I'm watching some other people. I'm not talking about you guys, but I'm watching some other people absolutely crumble and um, it, my heart is broken for them. And so we want to deal with some basics. We're going to go back to some basics. Just so I know who I'm talking to, how many of you have read through the book of James before? Hold them up. Let me see. Okay. So we've got a lot of people who haven't. That's good. We're going we're gonna to unpack this. And if, if you've read through the book of James, then you know that going back to the basics is good. And we've called it essentials because that's what it is. And we look at the book of James, and what we know is really it's like the Proverbs in the New Testament. There's so much like, do this, don't do this, right, eliminate this, act right, authentic, genuine faith, which is what we should have because people can spot a fake from a mile away, right? We want genuine faith. And so when we see this and we understand that it is important for us, I'm talking about us, not just me, not just the staff here, but for us to get it right. And I'm so thrilled that a lot of you, many of you, I'm watching, you know, I told you your social media, right? <laughs> I'm watching. <laughs> um, but more importantly, God is watching and other people are watching. So do, do right. Live, live right. Live well, right? It, we're, we're making our mark on society. And as we get into this, I'm going to uh, challenge you to just dive in with us this week to really study chapter one. We're going to stop midweek and we're going to put out a little bit of content for you to kind of keep you plugged in. How many of you are coming first Wednesday? Yes, come. If you're not planning on to be here first Wednesday, 7 o'clock, I know it's hard. School, work, you're trying to get the food in, and um, it's, it's going to be a blast. We always have a great time. Come, let's pack it up. And when you come here on Wednesday, come here like gasoline. Don't come, don't come here like water, right? Because I'm going to be all excited, and if you come in here and hit me up at the door and be like, you know what? The devil's just beating on me all day. I'm like, well, why didn't you beat him back? Come on, man. Why are you, what are you doing? You know, we don't have to live like that. So come in and put gas on my fire. Don't put a wet blanket on it. And I promise you, we're going to have a blast. Get here 7 o'clock Wednesday. But this book, James, is really, it's going to help us because everybody has to go through something. And this last two years has been ridiculous. Nobody wanted to go through it. Nobody wants to go through it now. But we're here, right? And I would contend today that this, this big idea that it, it, it's, it's going to be your attitude that makes the difference, right? Attitude is everything. It's really like at the core of, of who you are is your heart and how you approach things. I, I got to tell you, I don't even want to work with people who have a rotten attitude, you know? Right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand how many of you work with rotten people because some of you work with your spouse, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to be like, they need to change their attitude, change their hearts, Lord. You know, but, but it's, there's something inside of this, this body, and it's not just this physical heart, but the heart of who we are and the heart of what we carry, and that we would approach things in life with a different attitude. It'll make the, the whole difference. The whole difference in how we approach things that aren't necessarily awesome. They're calamities, you know, uh, troubled times, situations that 
nobody wants to go through, but we have to. And I, I think if we will change our attitude today, things will be much different. And it will give you, if you have your attitude right now, and you have some resolve in your mind that God's going to get the glory in your life, no matter what happens, then I think you're going to have an advantage in life. I believe that. I fully believe that because I watch it over and over again. James chapter 1, let's go. And by the way, I'm going to, I bit off way more than I can chew. I knew this. I've been thinking about it all week because there's five chapters in James. I'm going to do five chapters in five weeks. But if you are here at all, you know I talk way too much, right? And I have 27 verses to get through today. That's right. I made it through 13 the first service. That's what... <laughs> That's what First Wednesday's for. Come on, people. It's margin. Let's go. We're going to get in. Let's go. I'm going to read the first four verses. James chapter 1. This is a letter from James, a slave to God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Somebody's got it right. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence in this place. God, it never gets old just being with you. And I pray that today something will come over us, Lord. It won't be just a, a... and excitement, Lord, but your Holy Spirit will penetrate the deepest part of our lives, Lord. And we will walk out of this place very different than when we came in. And we know that can only happen by you. So Holy Spirit, have your way, not just today, but every day. But change our hearts and minds and let us stay focused as we dive into your word. Teach us, instruct us, show us, and make us more like you today. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen. Consider an opportunity for great joy when you have trouble? That's ridiculous. Seriously, that's... Uh, it's like the opposite of what we want to do. I mean, we wake up in the morning. If something goes wrong in the morning, you're like, well, I guess it's just going to be one of those great days, right? I stubbed my toe. The coffee didn't work. No, the traffic's bad. Lights are broken. Electricity's out. Kids aren't listening. Lunches aren't packed. You know, husband didn't say I look good, right? By the way, babe, wherever you're at, you look good. <laughs> I tell her that I was out of the house long before she was this morning. So I love you, look good, right? But, but it, 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 this is ridiculous that we would set this. But what he's saying is if we will get our attitudes right. Because guess what? You're going to have trouble in this world. It's not a secret. Jesus told his disciples, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So it's no secret that this is coming our way. You cannot escape disappointment in life, right? If you live long enough, you will die. (laughs) That's what happens. If you live long enough, you will die. As far as I know, it's it's, it's 100% right now. Lazarus died, Jesus healed him, and then he died. It's just the way it is. We're, we're fragile, and yet we're resilient at the same time. And, and so what God is calling on us, he's not calling necessarily on our physical resilience, although there's some of that with our mind and how we act, right? But he's talking about our spiritual resilience, right? And I wish that we had a little bit more stick to I wish we wouldn't just collapse every time something came our way that causes us trouble. 
Man, it's like every time something happens, is just people are like, you know, and it's like, I'm not going to make it. I wasn't, I didn't tell the gym story this week. You know, I've been hitting the gym pretty hard. And I went with Marisol again this week. Last week, she was, you know, nice enough. Not really. She was, it was tough. It was terrible. She was terrible. Look, thank you for your workout, Marisol. And, uh, but I literally was going to die. Gus was with me, Pastor Gus. I don't know where he's at. Pastor Gus was with me the other day. And, you know, we got to this point, and I, I had to lay down on my back because I thought I was going to die. I was like, this is it. You know what I mean? Take me home even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. I literally thought I was going to die. And uh, I, I told her that. I said, I think I'm going to die. And she said, all right. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what are you just going to like drag me outside and like call an ambulance or something? I, like, I don't know. But, you know, sometimes it feels like that. And it's not just physical. It just feels like sometimes the weight of the world is, is collapsing on us. And you're like, I can't do it anymore. But then a lot of times we've just conditioned ourselves to quit at the first sign of opposition, right? And I always grew up, you know, hearing something to the effect of like, hey, man, if you've got a lot of problems going on, you must be doing something right. Well, I don't know if you're doing something right or not. That's only between you and God and living right. But certainly I know there is resistance in life, and there's going to be troubles in this life, and there's going to be situations and calamities, and there's going to be all this stuff that just leads to disappointment. But if we will shift our attitudes and let the steadfastness that comes from knowing God and his plan for our life, it will move us into a different kind of life. God wants you to have an amazing life. In John 10, he, John 10, 10, he called it what? Abundant life, right? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you would have life and have it more abundantly, right? That's not necessarily just bigger houses and bigger cars and all that stuff that we want. You see, this is the problem, is that when, we, when, when the resistance comes our way, it says that we should consider an opportunity for great joy. But we don't know the difference between happiness and joy, Right? If I, if I said, hey, anybody want $100 right now, you would run up and you grab the $100 and it would put a big smile on your face and you would be happy, right? Then I would have my friends come and take it away and all your happiness would be gone just like that. I can steal your happiness. I can steal almost this whole room's happiness with just a, a few words, right? We know that. But there's something that I cannot steal, and that is the joy of the Lord. And when people begin to live with the joy of the Lord, being filled with the Holy Spirit, they will live different. They'll talk different. They'll drive different. No matter what comes their way, they'll just say, hey, we got this, right? Because he's moving, and there's some kind of resolve that happens. Verse 4 that it says there, it says, so let it grow, right? Your endurance has a chance to grow. Not let it go like frozen, but let it grow. Let it grow, right? Because as we've said in this last season, that the capacity for more is inside all of us, the potential. I don't want you to just sit there with the potential that you have. I want you to actually reach your potential. And then when you get to that potential, let the Holy Spirit come and expand you again because your capacity will grow. It's not the capacity to make more money right? It's not the capacity to do more, work more, lead more people, have a bigger platform, more followers, more hearts on your Instagram. It's not any of that. It's the capacity to serve God with everything that's inside of you. This is what the writer's talking about. James is talking about, Paul wrote about it. He said, I can, make, I can make some boast about some things in life, but let me make sure that you understand that when I'm living and what I'm talking about is the Lord. Whether I live or die, how I live, what I talk about, I want to make sure that everybody knows that I'm talking about my God. 
And that he's got me and he is working in me and through me and it charges me up every single time. So let it grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect, complete, needing nothing. Right? Why do we, why do we feel like we need so much? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why do we want so much? Why do we want so much? And I'm as guilty as everybody in this room of wanting. I want things. I like stuff, shiny things and new things. I saw like five new iPhone 13s in the lobby this morning. I'm like, mm, I want one. <laughs> it will make me happy, right? And happiness goes away. But when we talk, start talking about welcoming physical discomfort, mental anguish, I don't even use that word anymore. I listened to part of a message from uh, David Wilkerson from Times Square Church from like 1983. He said, a call to anguish. My goodness. I don't even want to talk about the word anguish. I start feeling anxiety inside of him. Whatever happened to anguish? Whatever happened to stopping and going, my goodness, God wants to do something in your life. God wants to do something in our church. God wants to do something in Homestead, but there's got to be a shift inside of us. There's got to be something that changes so that every time something bad comes my way, I don't fall apart. Because who in the world wants to tag along with that? Right? Listen to this, there's no gain, there's no capacity enlargement in your endurance without, listen to this, this is important, without some investments process in the troubled times. Your investment is when you will stop and you will shift your attitude from why me to like, what do you want me to do here? It's like a little, it's a, it's a little shift, but it's bigger than you can imagine. King David didn't say, why me? He said, try me. Well, who's praying that prayer? Nobody. I mean, honestly, anybody going here this week like, Lord, I just really want you to put me through the ringer, bring some suffering in my life, take away everything. I just want just, just wipe it all away. Nobody's praying that prayer. Why? Because we don't want it. We're trying to escape that. Like we got a flat tire. We had a flat tire this week, right? It's a flat tire on one of my cars. The rest of the world is going, oh, you have a flat, you have tires, right? Oh, on one of your cars? Wow, okay. And you have money to go get the tire fixed, right? That's it's crazy. So, you know, everything's comparative, right? But if we will begin to invest in our thought process about who God is, and certainly in our time with him, he will begin to change how we process the event before it comes our way. I already know how I should act before trouble comes my way. That's what he's saying here. Because guess what? Tomorrow, you're going to have trouble. Unless you don't live in this world, you're going to have some trouble tomorrow. So how you approach it is really about this moment. And how you invest in yourself now and your time with God. This is tough. Because nobody here is signing up for heartache and pain. Nobody. And we're not welcoming it. But if we would begin to, to count it all joy, right? If we begin to say, God, do your work inside of us. Listen to this, James 1, 3, and 4, but this is the message version. Listen to how it says, you know that under pressure, your life is forced into the open, and it shows its true colors, right? You're a tube of toothpaste, right? When you squeeze it, what comes out? You're like, I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. As soon as life squeezes and all this stuff comes out, and you're like, I don't know where that came from. It came from inside you. 
right? You start flying off the handle, cussing at everybody, you know, lock and loaded. That wasn't Jesus inside of you. That was somebody else, right? That was something that needs to be dealt with here, right? It will show its true colors. So don't get out of anything. Don't try to get out. Listen to this. This is powerful. Don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I like the idea of not trying to get out of it prematurely. God's put you in a situation. He just might be, need you to go through the gestational period, right, <laughs> so that you would become fully developed. Anybody want, want to have your, your baby at 25 weeks? No, that would be ridiculous, right? But in the spiritual concept, sometimes God will put you inside a situation or will allow something to come your way, and you're inside of there, and there's an incubation period where you will develop into, into, the, person and, and, and into the person that he wants you to be so that you can accomplish what he's called you to. And if you're like, as soon as the first sign of trouble hits, you're like, get me out of here. You're, you won't be able to breathe spiritually. Your lungs won't be developed. You, your muscles will have the atrophy because you haven't learned to kick and struggle with life. You just won't be there yet. So quit trying to get out of it prematurely, right? I know some of you are just, you're wearing thin. I've watched a lot of people quit. In this season. And I hate it. I hate it. Somebody told me after first service, they said it's a new church. I said, yeah. Thank God. And it hurts my heart too because hundreds of people just, they just went away. They just went away. The devil's trying to get you to quit. He's trying to get you to quit on your, your marriages, your relationships. Kids, if you're in a room, he's trying to get you to to quit on your parents, letting them speak into your life. Parents, he's trying to get you to quit on your kids. Like, I'm tired of dealing with them. Trying to quit on our jobs, trying to quit on it. Just everything, just, he's trying to get you to quit. Well, listen to this, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting, and I wish a few of us more would stand up and say, no, we're not quitting. We're going to fight. We're going to stand together in community, right? <laughs> community. We will get stronger together if we will stay with it. I'm not quitting. We're not going to quit. Verse 5 says this. we got to go. If you need wisdom. My daughter's laughing at me because we had this conversation yesterday. I told her I wasn't going to say real quick anymore. She said, you say real quick. Real quick all the time, 40 minutes later. Real quick, real quick. All right, it's going to happen. If you need wisdom, I need wisdom, Lord, help me. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you if you're asking. Here's, here's the deal. We all need wisdom. You might be the wisest person in the room. Praise God for that. You need more wisdom tomorrow than you do today because the world is crazier, right? And guess what? There's a resource. God is saying, I have this for you. Ask me for it. You need wisdom. Here's, here's the biggest issue, though, is most people aren't asking for wisdom. We're not asking for it. This has been my prayer. I told you guys this probably two months ago. This has been my prayer the last couple of years is that God would give you wisdom, knowledge, and discernment. 
God, give them wisdom. Give them knowledge. Give them discernment. Let them know a few things about life. Let them be so wise, wise as serpents, harmless as doves, but also give them discernment to know what's a trap from the enemy. Because the enemy, for, for those of you who aren't reading your Bible, you're, he, he gets crafty. For people who are reading your Bible and close to God, you can, you can spot the counterfeit a mile away. It's not tricky. He's not creative. He doesn't have anything new. It's the same old stuff that, that hangs people up. But if you will begin to ask for wisdom, Quit, listen to this, quit asking for promotion. That's really what everybody's asking for. I'm ready to be promoted. God, let me be promoted, then the wisdom will go. No, 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 ask for wisdom, and he will help you to deal with the situations. Quit asking for a bigger house, bigger car, better salary. Quit asking for all of that and start asking for what he said to ask for. But when you ask him, verse 6, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Oh. You're going to ask God, you better have some faith. The, the older we get, I get it. The, the longer we walk with God, the more we trust him, right? I hope so. Right? It doesn't mean it's easy, but I just, I just trust him more. Like, I'm like, okay, God, you want to take it all, right? I don't care because I know I'm getting more prepared to leave this world. I'm ready, by the way. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready. When he's ready, I'm ready. But this, this vacillating back and forth doesn't work well for witness. There's people watching you and this. This week, you're like a giant of the faith. You're like Hebrews chapter 11, write my name in there. And next week, you're like, oh, you know, it doesn't work well. That's why I said it. We need some stick to itiveness. We need, we need an anchor for our soul. Thank goodness that Hebrews talks about an anchor for our soul. Firm and secure, right? Firm and secure that we wouldn't be tossed about like that. Listen to this, verse 7. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So if you're just going to like mumble out some prayers and be like, hey, you know, that, uh, oh, God, just, if you can, if you're not too busy, man, don't, don't even ask. Don't even ask. Start getting your heart right before you approach the Lord. It says their loyalty is divided between God and the world. By the way, that's the title of this message, God and the world, because you can't do both. There's a lot of people trying to do both. Right? There are a lot of people like, oh, I'm just, I'm, well, I got like, I'm 75% here with the Lord and 25%. No, you're not. You're just 100% with the world. You're just, you're just telling yourself you're 25% with God. Or 75% with God. It, it doesn't work that way. It says here that they are unstable, not just in some things that they do, but in everything that they do. Everything. Everything. <laughs> You've got to wrestle with that. It's between you and God that you would say, do I, do I want to be unstable in these things or not? No, of course not. You're sitting here today. This is the choir, right? I'm preaching to the ones that are here on Sunday, but I'm preaching this because you're not going to be here in just a few minutes. You're going to be out there. And you're going to have a problem, and you're going to go to God, and you're going to say, I need help with this, Lord. And if you're not careful, you're going to begin to, to cry out in a weird way, like, get me out of this situation, when that should shift to say, who, who am I supposed to minister to inside of this situation? Which is very different. I caught myself this week. I'll tell it myself. I sat down on my, just, you know, just stop, stop, you know. 
And I just sat down and I grabbed my guitar off the shelf and I sat down on the couch in my office and I just started praying and playing. And I just started singing a bunch of old church songs. Right? Some of you heard me sing some of those. And when I thought, I, I just, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. I'm going to take a trip on a good old gospel ship. I'm going far beyond the sky, right? And when I, I, I just went through this whole medley just of songs, and then I stopped and I said, whoa, 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 wait a second. Everyone I'm singing is, is, is trying to escape me out of this situation. And I was like, that's not right. And I'm going to say, God, would you help my heart right in this moment? I don't need to escape from the situation. I need to change my attitude. God, change my heart so that I can be the person that you call me to be right in the middle of these calamities, right in the middle of this situation, right in, in the middle of all of this chaos. I want to be a light for you. I want to shine for you. I don't need to escape out of here. I don't want to do that. And those are great songs and they're fun to sing, but I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be right here, fully present. And Paul wrote that at one point. He said, hey, I know that I'm, I'm ready to get out of here, but it's better for you guys if I stay around just a little longer. That's because God was going to use him. Listen, if you put your hand on your neck right there, you're going to feel something pumping through your, your veins. You know what that is? It's blood. That means you're alive. That means God has a purpose and a plan, and he wants to use you. Not down the line, but today. But you got to focus today. you got to get it right today. you got to let him change you today so that you can be anchored and stable in everything that you do. God is not pleased with double-mindedness. This dipsychosis, I think the original language calls it, this split personality. It's weird. Verse 9 says, believers who are poor, kind of makes a shift here, right? Believers who are poor have something to boast about. What? <laughs> I mean, seriously, what? Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. See, if, if, if we're all honest, all of us lean a little bit to the prosperity gospel. You know, it's like, oh, God must really love them because they have a lot of money. <laughs> money and cars and houses and fame are not the mark of a right relationship with God. You need, you, you need to get it. There's a lot, there's a lot of <laughs> bad theology out there. <laughs> There's a lot of bad theology that says if you, just, if you just believe hard enough, you'll have all the money you want. And if you just drive past that car a lot and pray the blood of Jesus over it, then you'll have that car. <sighs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I think that's nonsense. Because if we start looking, if we start looking at the disciples' lives, the apostles' lives, talk to them about the prosperity gospel as they were boiled in oil and stoned, and had their heads cut off, and they were whipped and beaten. Where are they like, they didn't have enough faith? Seriously? Is that what we're talking about here? Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. Check this out. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a flower in the field. The hot sun rises, and the grass withers, and the little flower droops and falls, and its beauty fades away in the same way the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. Now, there's nothing wrong with money. 
Right? If you have money, praise God. Drink, drink the cup and say, thank you, Jesus, for this nice life. But if you think that money's going to save you, if you think that money's going to fill you with the joy that he's talking about, the writer's talking about, it's just not. There are plenty of people this week who will off themselves, who have tons of money in the bank. Famous people will hang themselves in their closet this year because that money doesn't mean anything. It means nothing in the whole scheme of things, right? And we look at this, and, and the problem is we, be, we put our hope in things that aren't eternal instead of putting our hope in an eternal God. We've got to make this shift, people. And there's still going to be the pull. There's still going to be the shiny stuff. There's still going to be this constant nagging. But as people will begin to see our, our, our shift and how we focus on things and what matters, and I, I'll tell you, you, you already know what you're focused on. I don't need to tell you. You already know. Look at your search history. You're looking at, oh, I want that. If I could just get the house, if I could just get this thing, blah, 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 blah. Thinking about it all the time. Nagging. Ah, 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 ah. That's what you're thinking about. That's what your focus is on. That's it. I don't need to tell you. But is, is that the evidence of the authentic, genuine faith that you want the world to see you acting out? No, it's not. Because all of that stuff can go away so quickly. Verse 12 says that God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. He kind of goes back to the beginning here. Afterward, they will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. A crown of life? That's what I'm talking about. That beats the Mercedes any day of the week, doesn't it? The crown of life? The crown of life? This isn't just a crown. This is a crown of life. This is the eternal. Listen to this. This is complete life. I even say this is better than the abundant life that Jesus was talking about because the abundant life that Jesus talked about is here on earth, right? <laughs> of call that you would have life and have it more abundantly. Wonderful, have it while on earth, but one day he's going to take us to heaven and there's going to be a completion, a completion of the process that he has begun on you and it's going to be so beautiful when we sit in God's presence and he just unveils himself to us. It's going to be so amazing, right? First Peter 1 Peter 1.7 said, these trials will show that your faith is genuine, is being tested as fire tests, purifies gold. We talked about, that's the capacity. And it's, and it's weird because your capacity is growing like this, but the things that we hold on to on earth go like this. Right? The older you get, the more you understand it. Right? One day he's going to come back and get us. Jesus is going to be revealed to the whole world. Listen to this. Revelation chapter 2. This is what he's talking about. Verse 8. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead but is now alive. I know, quotations, I know about your suffering and about your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of the, those opposing you. They say that they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Now, if you've heard me say this very often, but we've got some iPads out there that you can go sign up, and it's, it's strictly for suffering. You're going to give up all your money out there 
You're going to sign up for a beating. <laughs> You're going to sign up to, to go to prison. You know how many people will be in that line? Zero. <laughs> nobody's, nobody's like, please give us more suffering. Nobody. Nobody. And yet we're not. Who, who said that wasn't going to happen? I'm not saying I want to, like, I'm just ready for it myself, but I'm, I'm asking God to prepare my heart, and this has to happen daily. Wisdom, give me knowledge, discernment. Same for you. Wisdom, knowledge, discernment. God, help us. God, help us. Because if we don't get it right here today, if we don't get it right in this season, you think you're going to get it right next season? No. It's easy now. It's getting, it's getting increasingly difficult. I mean, everything becomes increasingly more hostile to what we're doing here. It, it's, it's no longer like, oh, that's kooky that you believe that Jesus can save you. That's, it used to be that. Now it's like, no, what you're talking about has negative impact in our world. You can feel the shift. And if you, if you don't feel the shift, you're not paying attention. But this crown of life here and now, it's fullness. A fullness, a completeness in this beautiful thing that God wants to do inside of you. But, he, but he's grabbing a hold of us now in this moment as he's shaping he will shape your vessel and he will enlarge your capacity and he will set your mind on the things above that help you understand that I'm not a, I'm not a citizen of this world. I'm a citizen of heaven. God, like, like I live here. But you, I'm, I'm living here, man. One day he's going to come back and get us. I can't wait for that day. But until then, I want to get this right, that we would move in the, in the love of Christ, that it would it just compel me and constrain me to live for him in everything that I say, in everything that I do, that there's this firm and secureness in my soul becomes the reality, not just for me, but everyone here. And then all of a sudden, we begin shift, and we can begin to rejoice in the trials. Again, nobody's signing up for him out there. But if we make the shift today and we say, God, give me a new attitude. Give me a new attitude. I need a new heart. I need, I need a new focus. I need a fresh perspective. Perspective is everything. Right? And when you're in the middle of the storm, it's just stormy. But when you're above the storm <laughs> and you're past the storm, you're just like, it was just a storm. That's all it was. It was just a storm. Would you stand with me in this place real quick? I want to talk about just one more thing. I want to kind of set the tone for Wednesday night and how we deal with temptation. Because there's a temptation that I mentioned earlier that's happening all across, not just our church, but all across the church world and the world itself, and that is the temptation to just quit. Some of you are like teetering on quitting right now. There's probably somebody in this room right now who's just about done with life. Listen to this. Listen, there's a God who loves you so much. He looked out from eternity. He looked down and zoomed in on your life. He said, you're worth it. You're worth it. No matter what your situation is in this place, God, God knows it. You can't, you can't cover it up. He just knows. 
bow your heads with me today. Just hang in this spot for a minute. We're not afraid of this spot. in the room. God, thank you for dealing with us today. Thank you for your word. It's rich, it's true, it's helpful. God, I know you're dealing with hearts in this room right now. Resist that process, people. Embrace the process. Just begin to talk to them in your own words. Father, just deal with my heart. I'm, I haven't had a good attitude about life. I haven't had a, a good attitude about the, the struggles and the trials, but I want to do better, Lord, and I can only do better if you run the show. Holy Spirit, fill me right now. Just fill me. Nobody's looking around. Maybe you just need to redirect your, your heart today. Maybe you've been kind of tossed about halfway in, halfway out, 25 in, 75 out. It doesn't matter. What matters is if we go all in today. It doesn't bounce off me to the Lord. It's between you and him, but you got to make that commitment. If that's you and you need to get your heart right today, you need to understand, you need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, a shadow of doubt that, that God has your life, that you have put your, your heart in his hands. Ask him to hold your eternity. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand today and say, I need that. I need that blessed assurance in my life. Thank you for all the hands. Thank you. God sees them. Put them down. Let's pray this prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for showing yourself to me. God, I need you. I don't need the things of this world. I just need you, Lord. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me, but be the Lord of my life. Run the show. Holy Spirit, run the show. Just begin to, to increase the spiritual gifts in my life, the spiritual fruit in my life. Help me to operate like that. Lord, I thank you for the healing in this room today. I thank you for touching hearts. I thank you for breaking chains. I thank you for lifting the spirit of depression off of people. I thank you for lifting the spirit of quitting off of people. God, give us a stick to your promises that you are holding us no matter what comes our way today or tomorrow or next week we're going to stand strong with a better attitude and we're going to consider it pure joy an opportunity for pure joy because you are shaping us and you are growing us 
to be more effective for you. Lord, I thank you for your church. You are establishing your church around the world. There is a remnant being set in place to do your work. God, I pray that that would only intensify, that people would understand the responsibility that has come upon them in this moment. We are your people. This is your church. We just love you and we surrender to your will and to your way. Whatever you have for us, God, we're up for it. We're up for it. It's yours. We're growing. We're getting better every single day, and that's only because of you. Lord, I love you. Thank you for healing families. Thank you for touching the the kids in this room. Protect their hearts and minds as they go through stuff that I can't even imagine in school, Lord. Send them people who would encourage them and strengthen their weak knees on tough days. Let them stand with a holy boldness. Raise up preachers and prophets and teachers and evangelists in this room right now, God. Just take over. Just like a fire in our bones that we can't be quiet, God. Lord, we love you. We love you. We know that you love us more. We know that you're working for us. We know that all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Thank you for holding our lives dearly always demonstrating how much you care for us. We ask that you would have your way, not just today, but every single day. We pray all this in the mighty, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Can we put our hands together? Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you want more information about LifePoint Church or want to get in contact with us, please visit www.lpc.is. We hope you have a blessed week.